Before we begin our Torah study tonight, let's pray together. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Kedshenu B'Mitzvotav Etzivanu La'asok B'Divrei Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. This world includes blessings and curses, life and death, good and evil. I think everyone knows that. What everyone may not know is that we are not hapless or helpless victims, and we are not powerless. This week's Torah portion teaches us to reject passivity. Do not go through life as a passive person. We are called to be active, to take action to have active responses and positions, to make choices, to choose life, to choose blessing, to choose to act, to choose well. Use your power, use your will, use your initiative, do your part. I wanna start like this because the Torah portion this week presents a strong case for the life of faith and a clear vision. It is not a life of passivity. It's not a life of super spirituality. It's a real life that blends together our faith and our actions. It's a life that integrates what we believe and what we do. It's a life that recognizes God's initiative and power, as well as our own responsibilities, our initiative and our power. It's a life that honors both God's part and our own part. I want to tell you this, God does his part. We do our parts. That's the deal. That's the deal. We're in this together. Don't accept any other deal. Some people think that God does everything that makes humans passive. Some people think God does nothing. They have to do everything, and that makes God passive. Both of those positions will lead you astray. So what's the alternative? We're going to focus on that. Let's read a few verses from this week's Torah portion so we can turn our attention to the scriptures as they instruct us. And as we're reading this, I want you to think about who is taking action. And we're going to read these three verses together, and then we'll read them again phrase by phrase. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 1 through 3. When you have come to the land, Adonai your God is giving you as your inheritance, taken possession of it, and settled there. You are to take the first fruits of all the crops the ground yields, which you will harvest from your land that Adonai your God is giving you. Put them in a basket and go to the place where Adonai your God will choose to have his name live. You will approach the Kohen, the priest holding office at the time, and say to him, Today I declare to Adonai your God that I have come to the land Adonai swore to our ancestors that he would give us. Okay, that's the three verses that I wanted you to pay attention to. Deuteronomy 26 verses 1 through 3. Now we're going to read them again, phrase by phrase. And each phrase we read, let's just ask this question, who is supposed to act or whose actions are being described here? So we'll go through it. And when you do this, you'll notice it's almost obvious. Sometimes 
obvious things in the scriptures are ignored because we read them so fast or we read them with a certain mindset or we read them when we're not really paying attention that what is really clear or could be clear is not clear. When we take the time to read carefully, slowly, with our understanding, with some questions, good questions in mind, we will get much more out of it. So here, Deuteronomy 26, starting in verse 1, when you have come to the land, when you have come to the land. So who is taking action there? It's us. Of course, this is speaking to our ancestors, the Israelites. Moses was addressing them when, uh, when he was speaking to them right before they went into the promised land, after the 40 years wandering in the wilderness or the desert, when you have come to the land. So the you who is coming to the land, that, that's us, that's people. Next, Adonai your God is giving you. The land Adonai your God is giving you. Who is doing the action there? Who's taking action? It's the Lord, Adonai. Your God is giving you this land. And then it says, as your inheritance. He's giving you this land as your inheritance. So an inheritance is something you receive because you are connected to someone from the past. Someone who um, had something to give. So that is speaking to those who gave this land to us, um, who were promised the land. We'll see this. But the Lord is the one actually giving it as an inheritance. It's our duty, though, our action to receive it as an inheritance. And then it goes on. When you have taken possession of it and when you have settled there. Who's taking action? It's, it's us. We are taking possession of the land and we are settling there. Then verse 2, you are to take the first fruits of all the crops that the ground yields. So who is to act? We are. We take the first fruits. And then it says, which you will harvest from your land. Who does the harvesting? We do the harvesting. What land? The land Adonai, your God, is giving you. So the Lord is giving us the land, but we're doing the work. We're harvesting. This is a very important part. The Lord is giving, but we are taking possession, and we are settling, and we are cultivating and we are sowing seed and we are watching over and we are harvesting. All of that is working together. So then verse three, you will approach the Kohen holding office at the time and say to him, so who takes action there? We do. We are approaching the priest and we say to him, we say to him these words, today I declare. So who's making the declaration? We are. We're making a statement with our mouths. We're saying it out loud. It's something we're thinking, but we are verbalizing it so that the priest who we've gone to could hear. Today, I declare to Adonai your God. Oh, that's interesting. So we're saying to the Kohen something at the same time we're saying it to the Lord. 
So we're saying it so someone else can hear it, and we're saying it so that the Lord can hear it. Today I declare to Adonai, your God, that I have come to the land. So who's who came to the land? I did. I took that initiative. I took that action. I have come to the land Adonai swore to our ancestors. Who made the promise? Adonai did. Who did he promise to? Our ancestors. He swore to our ancestors that he would give us. So he made a promise, the Lord made a promise to our ancestors that he would give this land to us. That would be a demonstration of his faithfulness. He said it, and then he did it, and he accomplished it, and we recognized it. All of these things are working together. All of these things are connected. The promise came from God. He gave it, but we took possession. We settled there. We work. We harvest. The Lord, your God, is giving you the land, but we have our part. God has his part. And the same is true for the modern state of Israel. The people had their part. God had his part. But the land had to be settled by people who took action. Many profound truths are expressed in the same kind of way in Scripture. We have our part, God has his part, and they work together. This is what I want you to see. They work together. Here's one example from 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. It says this, If we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So what's our responsibility? What's our part? It's to confess our sin, to say it out loud. That requires that we recognize our sin, that we acknowledge it, and that we admit it. And then what does God do? He forgives. He cleanses. When we humble ourselves before him, when we confess our sin to him, when we stop saying we're without sin or we're perfect or when we are hiding our sin, when we acknowledge and admit it, then God forgives and cleanses. As we are putting our trust in the Lord, as we are accepting that Yeshua died for us and he paid the price for our sin so that we could receive forgiveness and cleansing and life from him. When we confess our sin, then God is faithful and he's just to forgive us and cleanse us. He forgives and he cleanses. When we're forgiven and we're cleansed, you know what? We have more power to live a life of faithfulness because we have a clean conscience and a clean heart. And instead of having callous hearts, which diminish our spiritual faculties, we have tender hearts that are open to the Lord, and that promotes our spiritual faculties of spiritual ears that can hear, of spiritual eyes that can see, of spiritual heart that can understand. So right now, let's take time to give thanks to the Lord. And I'm, I'm going to express some things. And you should feel free if you have uh, the ability to write in the comment section a sentence of thanks to the Lord in the chat section there, either on uh, Facebook or YouTube. I think either, either will allow you to do that. I'm going to express some thanks. Thank you, Lord, for your joy. 
The joy of the Lord is my strength. Thank you, Lord, for your healing. You are Adonai Rapha, the Lord who heals. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. You are Adonai Yireh, the Lord who sees and provides. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for your salvation. I encourage you, Mishpocha, to also put a sentence of thanksgiving or a word of thanksgiving in the comment section as your way of participating right now. That's a way that you can move from just being a spectator or being passive or just having an internal response to being active and expressive. You can declare your thankfulness to the Lord and we can see it and read it and hear it too. Let's look at another example of a person who may have been tempted by passivity, but he didn't let it rule over him. He took action. And we're going to look at several different accounts in order to get a more complete picture of the details. We'll start with Luke chapter 23, verses 50 through 54. Now, there was a Sanhedrin member named Joseph, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision or action. This is the decision or action to condemn Yeshua. He was from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God. He went to Pilate to ask for the body of Yeshua because Yeshua had been crucified. And then he took it down. He wrapped it in a linen cloth. He placed it in a tomb cut into the rock where no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with Yeshua from Galilee followed and they saw the tomb and how his body was placed. And then they returned to prepare spices and perfume and they rested on the Shabbat according to the commandment. That last detail is interesting, isn't it? They took action but they rested. They rested on Shabbat. Now let's look at another account that's in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 27, verses 57 through 61. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself was a disciple of Yeshua. So Matthew captures this detail that Joseph this wealthy man who was a member of the Sanhedrin was actually a disciple of Yeshua. So he was known to Matthew in that fashion. Verse 58, and Joseph went to Pilate to ask for the body of Yeshua and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. So Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut into the rock. And then he rolled a great stone across the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. So this gives us some other details that Joseph was a disciple of Yeshua's. Now, Mark adds another detail. Mark 15, verse 43. Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent Sanhedrin member who himself was waiting for the kingdom of God, 
boldly went to Pilate to ask for the body of Yeshua. Now we see that Joseph is well known, highly regarded. He's a prominent Sanhedrin member, and he boldly goes to Pilate to ask for the body of Yeshua. And then one more. This is interesting because all four Gospels have some details about this. This is in John chapter 19, verses 38 and 39. It says, Afterward, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Yeshua, so he, John has this detail, as does Matthew. Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Yeshua, now look at this, but secretly, for fear of the Judeans or the Jewish establishment. And he asked Pilate to let him remove the body of Yeshua. That's an interesting additional detail. He was a disciple, but he was a secret disciple. Now secret in this case meant not everybody knew. Some people obviously knew or we wouldn't know. Some people knew because John described it, Matthew described it. So it was that he was not out in the open publicly, but he was hidden. But some people did know. And he was a disciple. He wasn't just a, um, how could we say it? He wasn't just someone who thought well of Yeshua. He was a Talmud. He was a disciple. He followed Yeshua's teachings and his path, and he put his trust in Yeshua. And then, interestingly, John adds another detail that's about Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, who had previously come to Yeshua at night, this is verse 39, also brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. So both Joseph and Nicodemus took action. They demonstrated their faith and their faithfulness by their actions. And now we know that they did. It's not a secret to us. We are reading in the scriptures. It may have been hidden to some, but the Lord took notice because they acted. They were not passive. You see, folks, doing good and doing what is pleasing to the Lord is not the same as just thinking about it or having good intentions or attitudes. Doing good is active. Doing what is pleasing to the Lord is active. It's not enough to hear or to have a positive attitude. We must act as well. Hebrews 11 verse 31 is addressing this as well. It says, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies in peace, did not perish with those who were disobedient. Her faith was trust combined with faithfulness. She welcomed the spies in peace. She acted. She did it. She was faithful to what she said she would do. She protected the spies and she gave them a way of escape so they didn't perish. And as a result, she didn't perish. It was all connected. Her action and her faith were joined together. 
Now James or Yaakov speaks to this very directly and he makes a comment about Rahab that helps us understand. James chapter 2 verses 24 and 25. And this is what he writes. Yaakov writes this. As you can see, a man is justified by his deeds and not only by his faith. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute justified by her actions when she welcomed the messengers, the spies, and sent them off on another route? Isn't that interesting? Yaakov is making an example from Rahab who actually combined her actions and her faith. And this is what Yaakov is trying to teach. These are not separated. Our actions should not be separated from our faith and our faith should not be separated from our actions. The two go together. And we know something that, that Rahab was used by God to bring forth King David. Matthew chapter 1 verse 5 records that Solomon was the father of Boaz by Rahab. And Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth. And Obed the father of Jesse. And Jesse the father of David the king. Now let's wrap up with the Haftorah portion. Isaiah 60 verses 1 through 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the peoples, but upon you the Lord will arise, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall walk at your light, and kings at the brightness of your rising. Arise. You know what that means? Get up shine let your light be seen that's your part arise and shine get up and shine that light that's your part to do that's my part that's our part and it says this the glory of the lord is risen upon you god is doing his part god is doing his part and it's having an effect on you darkness is all around you don't give up. There's still more ahead. There's still more to do. Upon you, the Lord will arise and his glory will be seen upon you. Get up. Shine. You're going to have an impact. You will have an effect. Nations will walk at your light. Kings at the brightness of your rising. Here we see that God's part and your part is working together. God's part and our part work together. That is the real deal. That's the real life that God has called us to. Here's a fact. Your part on its own will not be enough. Here's another fact. God's part without you, well, that's not the plan. The plan is God doing his part, us doing our part, our hearts being joined together. We are doing the things that God has instructed us to do, that he's made us aware of. We are not passive. We are not helpless. We are not impotent. We are called to be people of power, 
people of initiative, people of action, people with a hope and a future because God has decided that. He has decided to give us a hope and a future. Let's hold on and let's pray together according to the Psalms with a prayer of hope and victory. This is a beautiful prayer from Psalm 20 verses four and five. May the Lord give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy at your victory and raise a banner in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your petitions. And let's all say, Amen. Let's do our part. God is doing his part. Let's do it together. In a moment, we'll be closing with Aaron's blessing and then a final worship song. But first, would you consider standing with us financially? If this live stream is a blessing to you, or if our Messianic Jewish Teachings podcast or our Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue Sanctuary Services are a blessing to you or any of our ministries, would you consider blessing our ministry? All the information can be found on our webpage, bethisraelnow.com slash giving. Let's close now with Aaron's blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha, Ya'er Adonai panavelecha v'yichunecha, Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasem lecha, Shalom. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep watch over you, guard and protect you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen.